Welcome to another episode of our China Connection mini-series. The series examines China's rising presence in global commodity markets, and this episode will focus on the impact of IMO 2020 on the global supply of bunker fuels and how China is developing into a key player with the development of the Zoshan hub. The China Connection is brought to you by Argus, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity price benchmarks. My name is Sammy Six and I'm the deputy editor of Marine Fuels. I am responsible for the daily bunker price assessment in Singapore and other key ports in Asia. And I'm John T. Richardson, a senior analyst in our consulting department, covering crude and refined products with a specific focus on forecasting demand, supply and prices in relation to IMO 2020. John T., maybe a good place to start is for you to give us a brief introduction to IMO 2020. So from the 1st of January next year, this new regulation will reduce the maximum sulfur content for marine fuels from 3.5% to 0.5% for all vessels that are not equipped with onboard scrubbers. Given that investment in onboard scrubbing has been relatively light so far, only around 15% of the 200 million ton high sulfur bunker market will remain in 2020. This has two key implications. Firstly, there will be a significant surplus of high sulfur fuel oil that will need to price at a point that makes it competitive in alternative markets, such as power generation. And secondly, demand for compliant marine fuels will replace up to 140 million tonnes of high sulfur fuel oil in 2020. Now this will mean that high sulfur fuel oil is an even less desirable product for refiners to produce, while compliant, very low sulfur fuel oil will offer positive returns. Now this podcast series has a specific focus on China. What is it that makes China well suited to being a big player in the bunker market? So there are three key factors. Traffic, robust infrastructure, and access to a source of marine fuels. To address the first point, six of the 10 largest container ports globally are in mainland China, with Shanghai and Ningbo Zhoushan occupying the first and third spots on the list. This means that there is definitely sufficient traffic to support a robust domestic bunker market in the area. Secondly, when it comes to storage, thanks to a swathe of local investment in recent years, a number of Chinese ports are now well positioned to store and blend sufficient volumes. Well, finally, China is home to the world's second largest refining sector. So with more than 15 million barrels a day of primary processing capacity on its doorstep, it means that it will definitely have access to sufficient fuels With this in mind, where does China sit in the bunker market today? So at the moment, it's a relatively small player. Uh, The country's largest bunker hub accounted for less than 4 million tonnes of bunker demand annually. And this is compared to a Singapore market, which is around 50 million tonnes last year. Now, why is it then that China makes up such a small proportion of the market, given the advantages you just mentioned? Well, historically, taxes have acted as a barrier. Refiners that are outside free trade zones can't claim back consumption and value-added taxes for fuel oil in the same way that they can for high-value products such as diesel and gasoline. This means that domestically sourced fuels are just not cost-competitive in an international bunker market, which has required the import of close to 90% of the marine fuels sold annually. I see. And is this likely to change in 2020? What can be done in China to grow the market? Well, the most important thing would be for China's central government to waive the consumption tax on fuel oil, which equates to around $180 per tonne, as well as offering rebates on the 13% VAT that's in place. 
This would allow refiners across the country to produce very low sulfur fuel oil at a competitive cost. Now, the legislative changes have been talked about for a while now and are expected prior to the January 1st deadline. But at the moment, exactly when they will be announced is unclear. To a certain extent, this can be viewed as the last piece of the puzzle in unlocking China's potential for significant growth in the bunker market. Because China has already made significant strides to establish hubs such as Zhoushan. Can you tell us a little bit more about how China has tried to grow the domestic bunker market? Sure. So taking the example of Zhoushan, there was the launch of the Zhejiang Pilot Free Trade Zone and the relaxation of blending restrictions within the zone in July last year. So these changes allowed locally registered companies to blend imported components to produce compliant bunker fuels and also means that refiners within the free trade zone need not worry about the taxes we mentioned earlier. Now, as well as this more competitive regulatory environment, Zhoushan now boasts 22 million cubic meters of storage, which is slightly more than there is in Singapore. Now, it's important to note that up to a third of this is strategic petroleum reserve, but there is another 10 million cubes that is currently under construction, meaning that there is more than enough storage and blending capacity to support the local bunker market. The Chinese government has been trying to promote its domestic ports with the hope of becoming a regional hub for some time now, and this looks set to continue, with free trade zones proposed in a number of coastal locations across as many as six new provinces. They've been doing this for several reasons, and perhaps most importantly, the desire to have a more active role in the pricing of petroleum commodities across the region, which makes a great deal of sense given that they are the largest consumer. I see. Very interesting, Jonti. It seems as though if the tax system is adjusted as expected, China is well positioned to take a significant step forward in the bunker markets post-2020. Definitely. Now, that being said, what sort of initiatives is Argus working on in terms of bunker pricing in China and Asia more generally? So Argus relaunched its bunker price assessments in June 2018 based on a new methodology. We started our bunker initiative in Singapore, given the size of the market and the many bunker operations taking place here every day. The idea is to price bunkers based on prices obtained from deal information, received directly from market players such as ship owners, bunker suppliers, traders and brokers. We then calculate a volume weighted average of deals, meeting our standard parameters for delivery and stem size. A cumulative total of 44 different companies have now contributed deal information to Argus, and last month a daily average of over 23 deals have been used to calculate our Argus bunker indices in Singapore. Argus was the first price reporting agency to launch a 0.5% LSFO price assessment in Singapore last year. Our price assessment for that IMO 2020 compliant fuel is by far the most robust one in the market today as it is also calculated using a multitude of deals received each day by 7pm. The approach we took in Singapore is something we are now also employing in other ports across Asia, namely Fujairah as well as in the Chinese ports. In Fujairah, the world's third largest bunker ports, Argus is now also pricing bunkers on a volume-weighted average basis. About 10 deals every day on average are used to calculate prices. This podcast, however, is obviously about China, and that is where Argus has made good progress as well on pricing bunkers. In April 2019, Argus signed an agreement with the Zoshan city government to provide price transparency in the port of Zoshan. Zoshan is now China's largest bunker port, as you described, and it has built up an impressive logistical infrastructure and is trying to rival Singapore as a preeminent bunker hub in Asia. 
Our pricing team in China has been engaging with the market in Zoshan, as well as in other ports in China and in Hong Kong. Last month, this yielded an average of 11 deals every day in China, including Zoshan. Low sulfur fuel oil has been trading in Zoshan in China more actively because of the implementation of a 0.5% sulfur limit along China's shores since the start of 2019. And Argus has been able to capture a significant part of the daily spot market for LSFO. Okay, very interesting. So you've spoken mainly about the physical side of the market. Is Argus also working on the paper side of things as well? Definitely, Jonty. So apart from providing the market with an accurate price for delivered bunker fuels in key ports in Asia, Argus has recently also been successful in working together with exchanges. CME, for example, listed our high sulfur fuel oil price in August this year. This will be a futures contract and it will settle against the monthly average of Argus physical HSFO bunker spot assessment prices. Following the launch on CME, the Asia-Pacific Exchange or APEX, an exchange based in Singapore, listed our low sulfur fuel oil price on the 18th of October. More than 1,000 lots are now trading each day and this is providing the market with forward price guidance. I'm also pleased to announce that the Singapore Exchange or SGX will also list our low sulfur fuel oil price on the 18th of November. So in summary, these are certainly interesting times, with the marine industry undergoing substantial changes that are unprecedented. Argus is providing the market with robust price assessments in key ports, including China, which can be used in physical procurement contracts, as well as being used as a settlement price on exchanges that allows the industry to hedge their physical exposure. With that being said, we are now concluding this episode. Jonti, thank you very much for your contribution. And thank you all for listening, and please look out for the next edition in our series of podcasts on China and the commodity markets. Goodbye.